Chapter 2 Days later, G.J. hands me a mirror for the first time. I stare, then reach out gingerly with my fingers. The hair, my hair, even feels different, foreign. I don't look like me anymore. Of course, that is kind of the point. A rich brown it may be, but shimmering with golden highlights. They pick out the green of my eyes so much that I stare at them suspiciously, wondering if DJ had been unable to resist adding some enhancement to them as well, but decide they are still the eyes I was born with. My hair is not, not in any respect. It's silky, thick, half down my back. I wince as I turn my head. My hair is heavy, so much so it hurts. It'll take some getting used to. Your scalp will be tender for a while. DJ holds up a small bottle. Painkillers, no more than two a day for a week, so... I tear my eyes away from the mirror and look up at him. So? Do you like what you see? I smile broadly. I like. One final touch is needed, I think. DJ places a finger either side of my chin, tilts my face up and stares at my eyes. He stares long enough for it to be uncomfortable if it was anyone else. But somehow it isn't with him. It is like he is measuring and assessing what? Skin, the bone structure supporting it, the tissues. Almost if he stares long enough he can see the individual cells and genes inside them. He nods to himself, then turns to a cabinet with many drawers. He opens one, then another, and draws something out, then holds it towards me. Something low-tech. Glasses? I don't need glasses. Trust me, put them on, he says. I do, and look in the mirror. Startled, I gasp, look back at him, then again to the mirror. The frames are a delicate silvery-grey metal, and suit my face as if made for it. But that isn't what made me gasp. It's my eyes. The lenses are completely clear, yet somehow I'm changed. My eyes aren't green anymore. More a blue-grey. I turn my head side to side, take the glasses off, put them back on again. Study myself like looking at a stranger. This dark-haired girl is other. She looks older, too. No one would recognise her. Not just Ben. I could walk past Mum and Amy in the street and they'd be none the wiser. That's amazing. You're amazing. Why, yes, I am, he smiles. And this technology, he touches the glasses, isn't known in the UK, at least not yet, so wearing them shouldn't arouse any suspicions. He spins my chair around so we are facing each other again. So the green-eyed blonde girl is gone, replaced by a more sophisticated version. One who can pass for the 18 you need for ID and travel if necessary. What is next for you? I hesitate and he laughs. <laughs> Keep your secrets. I hope. No, I am sure we will cross paths again. Thanks for everything. He tilts his head something in his eyes still measuring, assessing. What is it? He shakes his head. Nothing and everything. Time for you to go. He holds the door open. As I step through it, he adds, Tell Aidan I need to see him. Later that day, I am in a small room hidden in the back of a factory. A dark room where new identities are forged, 
new lives begin. Name? An unidentified man asks. This is the moment. I'm not Lucy, the name given when I was born. I'm not Rain, the name I eventually chose for myself after I was taken by Nico and his anti-government terrorists, Free UK as he called them, and shaped to be their weapon against the Lauders. I'm not Kyla, the name picked for me at hospital after I was caught and slated for being an AGT terrorist. I am who I choose to be. Name? The question is repeated. I am none of them. I am all of them. Riley. Riley Kane, I answer. One name that combines them all. Soon I clutch a forged ID card in my hand. A dark-haired, grey-eyed, eighteen-year-old cleared to travel and live her own life. Riley Kane. What life do I choose to live?